Hello everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Best of Worst of British, the podcast where we look at some of the most notoriously bad, and maybe not notorious enough yet for their badness, British films. <laughs> I'm your host for this episode, my name's Lorcan Mullen, and with me are my fellow cinematic sadists. To my left... Michael Bell. To my right... Thomas Hodkinson Esquire. And lads... We picked a doozy this time. You say we, you. Yeah. You picked a doozy. Yeah. I've been aware of this film through a, a, a classic Kermode rant, I believe, at the time. And just it was always one of those ones that was in the um, in the DVD racks and everything. And, and I, rem- I think I saw the trailer a long time ago. And boy, did the trailer give an indication of what we were about to receive. Because <laughs> what we are talking about today is the 2006 romantic drama Fantasy comedy? I put it in the category of indie wank. Indie wank that is cashback. This is the haunting period. The time when the demons of regret come for you. It felt like all the oxygen had been sucked from the room. I just couldn't fall asleep anymore. I suddenly found I had eight extra hours. My life had been extended by a third. More time to think about Susie. It was getting obvious that I needed to trade some of my time. I give them my extra eight hours. Welcome aboard. And they give me money. Cash back. I found that all the people working here had perfected their own individual art. Take Sharon Pinter. Sharon knows rule number one. The clock is the enemy. Barry and Matt are good friends. Between them, they have come up with a very different way of dealing with the trade of their time. I hadn't slept in two weeks. I drifted between imagination and reality. I imagined the remote control for life has been paused. I've always wanted to be a painter, maybe. Have my work hung in a gallery one day. I've always wanted to meet a painter. wrapped in beauty and hidden away between the seconds of your life. If you don't stop for a minute, you might miss it. So, this is a very different kind of bad to me than what we usually have covered so far. This is very much a film that pretension is the key word, I think, throughout the whole thing. Definitely, it's definitely got an air of being up its own ass. I like it. Oh, here we go. Try and justify it. I'm going to try and bring a bit of element of positivity to the to the proceedings. Okay. I didn't think it was the. It's certainly not the worst thing we've seen. I might be in dispute with that. In all honesty, bear in mind I don't know anything about films. It's awful (laughs) in a very different kind of way. I think what's what maybe what upsets me is that maybe it's an awful in a way that at some point in my life I could have wanted to make a film like this. Yeah. Maybe it hits I, a bit more close to home, this one, in, in a I've different way. I've got this in the, in the... Well, we're ending notes, really, but it's it's the film we all would have made at 17. 
<laughs> you've, you've had a job. You think you know what a job is. You think you know what a relationship is. You think you. Know. Here's the only issue: the guy that directed it wasn't 17 at the ah, time. I think he was okay. in his 30s at this yeah, point. Yeah, he really should have known better. But I think he's also wasn't he before he was a filmmaker. You do a lot of research on this, so you might know Tom. Was he? Was he a photographer? Professional it photographer. It was very stylish, so I, it wouldn't shock me if he was. Because mm, one of the reviews I read whilst looking into it, and that's another thing we're going to have to bring up. This is a film that some people will be outraged at its title being included in this list. This film has a following. I wouldn't say so much a following, just more there are people that actually enjoyed it. Mm. I mean, I think all three of us can agree we didn't really enjoy it. Um, in, in Looking Michael, at Michael Bell. Michael, Michael. <laughs> in, in context of this podcast and some of the okay, stuff I've okay. had to watch. But if you were to just to watch this film, I mean, that, not that you would because you don't watch, don't films, watch films. No. But if you were just to watch... <laughs> If you were to just watch this film, you wouldn't say you'd enjoyed it. I'd have turned off after 20 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times did you say fuck off during the course of watching yeah. this film? <laughs> I, I, I took note of... Uh, it's mainly a quote, but I took note that um, I managed to say fuck off at the film roughly 13, 14 times. Because <laughs> so you did Quite the, audibly. <laughs> you told us in what is um, rapidly becoming the support network of the WhatsApp group. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I followed suit because I watched it last night and uh, yeah, I got up to 11 fuck off points. So, so um, you kept a fuck off a man. I did. Fuck off a Fuck off a I didn't say fuck off at any point, but at about the hour point, I did just sort of put my hands into my head and I just sort of made a very long... Oh, sound that went How can on, you keep doing this? That went on for about 30 seconds. I so I guess that counts as a collective fuck off. It was yeah, storage. It, yeah, you just sort of built up all <laughs> yeah. your fucks into one gigantic offing. So, let's talk. I think this is definitely the most pretentious. The only other film that's like equally pretentious might be Revolver. It, it's been the most pretentious that we've had since so, Revolver. In, in my head, um, it's it's made by Guy Ritchie's son. So he's, yes. learned, like, he's learned all the tactics and skills Ro- of his dad. Rocco? Is that his name? I don't care. Rocco Ritchie? Much like Revolver, this is a film that likes to use classical music to show that it's oh, a classy yeah. film. I've got the note for that. It's like he's borrowed Guy Ritchie's... That's where CD2 had gone missing <laughs> that the Guy Ritchie yeah. couldn't find. He's, he's, gone to, he's gone to his dad's CD collection. You know, Because in my head, the whole time now, from here on in, is Guy Ritchie's son doing this. So, yeah. so here we go. In the opening lines of this film, I, I wrote quite a few of these down. Go on. It takes approximate. I'll try and speak with as much devoid of emotion as the lead in this film is. It takes approximately £500 to crush a human skull. But the human emotion is a much more delicate thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom's fuck-off point number one. <laughs> right in the bag. Right from the get-go. And so, uh, to be fair, I think one of the first words that are said in this film is fuck off, but it's just silent and in slow motion as we see um, Michelle Ryan. Ding! (laughs) (laughs) We have got a new best of worst of British record here. For the quickest time, an ex-extender, Cory member, Brookie, or Dream Team actor is in it. Michelle Ryan, 0.01 seconds. Michelle Ryan's a weird one, isn't it? Like, there is a world out there where she's a big Hollywood star, because she did the Bionic Woman, didn't she? she? Yeah. Which was yeah. like the guy who made Battlestar Galactica. It was yeah, like his yeah. big follow-up show. Mm. What's she doing now? she come back to England? Yeah, or... I think she just kind of gets work she back in EastEnders. I'm yeah, sure or... she'll go back at... Did she die in EastEnders, or...? Uh, no, I think she just ran off. 
Yeah, they all do. <laughs> Cabs or coffees, that's the only way you they can get, leave the show. Yeah, they always get a cab to Manchester. It's like, well, we're never seeing them again. I've always wanted on the train. On EastEnders, I've always wanted to see an estate agent try to sell the place <laughs> to someone and then just like, now ignore yeah. the death statistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, <laughs> ignore the divorce what, rates. What are the scores like? Well, two are burned down. <laughs> I was like, uh, there's a lot of knifing in these scores. So, yeah, the first thing we see is this the, the Slater girl uh, yelling <laughs> yelling at his at her boyfriend, who is the hero of this film and he looks at her with a very blank expression and I love this he's like he's a dark, dry motionless but then she throws a mug at him he's <laughs> in his face in fairness she represented every single member of the audience yes. at that point we all wanted to throw a mug at that point uh, and yeah, this was 20 not... seconds into the film I, I didn't want to throw a mug at him until at least Five minutes. In, so. <laughs> and then an even more slow mo shot of a lamp flying and, towards oh, him. Like dodgy wiring yeah. Yeah. comes towards him. Yeah. He's reflecting on Susie, his first real girlfriend and his first real breakup, and he compares it to a car crash. That's now, if I'd have had a fuck off point, it would have been this transition shot, but it seems like I'm in, you're in disagreement with me. Because the next thing we see is him having meal, a meal at the college canteen <laughs> and putting ketchup. On his mashed potatoes. I mean, to the side would be fine, but he's putting it directly on, on. top. Yeah, yeah. I think the the second fuck off point I've got is when he uses the phrase, what is love anyway? Like he's fucking had away. <laughs> well, his baby did hurt him. It's like, you're 20. You don't need to know what love is. Just shag so, everything. Yeah, we... <laughs> oh, to be 20 again. <laughs> we, find out, we find out that he's a third year art student and he's having lunch at this canteen. So he's reflecting on how sad he is and he sees his girlfriend now with a new fella, Steve, who has a te- he's got a terrible look. She's definitely uh, fallen. He has like sort of that terrible spiky hair gelled up. I reckon he's a hypnotist and he's just ensnared her. Maybe, maybe, but she can definitely do better than Steve Jenkins, but maybe that's a sign of how bad a boyfriend he's been that she's like, I will grab the first thing available (laughs) to me. I'll just put my tongue out, whatever it lands on, I'm having it. And then his mate Sean turns up and tells him to forget about her and says that he was dumped then he denies that he was dumped and he uh, says that she ended it which is a lie we'll find out later on but he says that she ended it on the basis of the grass was always greener on the other side and that he also wonders what could have got her to start talking to Steve Jenkins and he could only imagine the worst and the worst was her writing her phone number on his hand that's not the worst thing that could have happened (laughs) to you in that situation I'm thinking dungeons, gimp masks. So his friend Sean's big advice, his big advice for mm-hmm. him is to date a beautiful girl as revenge and that his ex will see it as a challenge to her and she will try to win him back so that she has beaten a beautiful girl. He got that directly from the incel forums. So. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could! Well, this guy does <laughs> seem to, This guy does very much seem to be involuntarily celibate because we, it's the first of a couple of montages of him failing with women. Uh, like a montage of slaps oh, and drinks yeah, that in was the a face. Running, that was a running gag. Yeah, yeah and also crap. just stolen from Groundhog Day, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> um, we, we don't know how long they went out for, do we? That was never no. really mentioned. Because I've, no, I've got another point later. Do you later. really care, though? No, but I've got a point later on. I've got a pattern. I've got a theory. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, so we're leaving that up in the air. It's a yeah, mystery yeah, as to how long yeah. this relationship has gone on. But it seems a significant amount of time. And uh, yeah, he's, so, very, he's very upset. Boo-hoo. 
so because he's an art student, of course, they're doing nude model drawing, and Complete it's... Uh, unnecessary fart jokes. Yeah, the same fart and apology twice in a row, because the director thought this, and writer, thought this was the funniest thing in the world, was that this... <laughs> Live nude model wanted to fart in front of these people. I mean, it is funny. Farting is funny. Also, isn't like that... Surely that's day one, nude model drawing. Does, I mean, does every art class have that? It's another one of those things that just becomes such a cliche over time. Like, if it's an art class in a TV show or a film, they're drawing someone nude, and we're either following the nude character or whatever. Like, surely we've had enough nude drawings now. Can you really get enough penis in your life, though? I can. I mean, <laughs> then you're dead inside, my friend. But, I mean, I, they kind of had to be, because I would say 20% of the film is him drawing nudes. Yeah. So it needs early doors, like where he got his skills from. So, so it's, it's, the nudes are a plot device in yeah. this film. I like to imagine, like, in the third year, they're like to, they're about to le- elect what they draw, oh, and maybe they need to go, nudes! <laughs> maybe it builds up, like, the first year, right, okay, just in a, like, in, in a, a shoulder. In a duffel coat. Mm. <laughs> second year, you know, in, like, a summer dress, maybe, and then yeah. third year, nudes! Full on, <laughs> <Well>, raging! <laughs> right, you've got to finish your degree, then you can see a cock. Actually, I'll just, I'll just read out this bullet point in complete uh, three very short sentences. Nude model drawing, model farts, artist ponders, what is love? <laughs> Baby, don't know. And of course, now again... Uh, That'd be a completely different song. What is love? Baby, don't fart in my face. <laughs> that was the explicit version. Oh, okay. We got the radio-friendly version. <laughs> Baby, don't give me pink eye no more. <laughs> is that how you get it? It's shit particles getting in your eye. Oh, right, okay. South Park tells me a lot of things. <laughs> so... Our hero eyes up a beautiful woman opposite him in the art class. A woman. A woman. <laughs> he starts drawing this woman without her explicit permission or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yep. And then the art teacher, you know he's an art teacher because he's wearing a cravat, <laughs> walks over to him and tells him that he should show some respect to the male nude model that expects to be painted and drawn, not the woman that hasn't asked to be drawn that he's doing. But of course this is the thing. Oh, and there's another fart at that point. Um, and the the hero, our hero can't sleep. That's the big thing going into this story yeah, because yeah. of horny student neighbours shagging. There's another line here that is this, becomes another I've, fuck off. I've got it written me. down. This is the haunting period, the time when the demons of regret come for you. That's the one. Fuck off, fuck off point. point. That's my third fuck off point. Oh, what was the second fuck off? Oh, uh, that was uh, what is love anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what, what's your what's your tally at the moment? We're on to three. Three fuck-offs. This has been in like three minutes, I think, as well. If that had continued, it must improve then, because otherwise we'd be at 120. It's it's the initial barrage. Yeah, yeah. Then what comes after? You sort of become numb to it all. Yeah. Uh, He told Susan that he couldn't make her happy, and maybe they should break up, and that's what sets her off. We sort of flash back to just before the first scene. To be fair, if that spindly wank said that to me, I'd throw a cup at him as well. Yeah. Spindly Wank. <laughs> Spindly Wank is what you go to now. That's an old folk band, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're a frivolous drown supporting Spindly Wank. And here's our next song. My cousin said I shouldn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Norfolk! Uh, you leave Norfolk out of it. <laughs> this guy, Ben, phones Susie from his payphone and says he's sorry and asks if there's any chance they could get back together. With no emotion in his voice at all. It's like, it's it's the most emotionless discussion I've ever heard in my life. Can we get back together? No, you're alright. Oh. Bye-bye. No, you put so much inflection <laughs> <Okay>. there. 
No, I don't think so. Oh. oh. <laughs> can I at least have a picture of your tits? Well, he asked. Oh, he can he can draw. He doesn't need pictures. He has, later on. he has definitely made some invasive questions though, because he does ask if she slept with Steve. She says she has, and he asks if it was better than it was with him. I can't even imagine he puts any effort in a sexual. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh God, Steve moved. Yes, <laughs> there's got to be more to it than that. <laughs> so she hangs up as two drunk dudes dressed as German ladies drag someone else dressed as a crocodile across the room. <laughs> Cashback. <laughs> so here's one of our first creative transition shots where Ben hangs up the payphone and then slides backwards and then it goes from like he's standing vertically to he's lying horizontally because he falls back and back and back I into didn't it. Mind it's, it's a creative like a... shot. This guy knows visual Someone's been watching train spotting. Yes, yes, very much so. This is the thing, though. Like, maybe this guy could direct a good film that he didn't write. Like, it's again with, like, Guy Ritchie. If he can get his... You can see it in that, you know, this Rocco Ritchie guy. If he actually just lets someone with a good script write something, maybe this guy could make a good film. He might have done. I haven't watched any of his other films yet. He's got other films? Oh, yeah. He's made some, like, critical... Of course he does. He's Guy Ritchie's son. Yeah. <laughs> Nepotism got, got runs... Madonna's, Madonna's lad. Yeah, he's got an, <laughs> he's got an in there. Yeah. So Ben looks through photos of him and Susie. In one of the shots, he oh, has his oh. tongue sticking out. That's the first sign of him ever having a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can have fun. Look, I've got proof. Um, we go up to fuck off point number four. Later. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Early, <laughs> early doors. Early doors. Coming out like a machine gun. Um, <laughs> mine's not until 23 minutes in. So On one of the photos, mm-hmm. there's a little sticker for a quality control thing. Yes, yes, I noticed that and, uh, too. Did you, did you I didn't make a note this, of that. Please, please read out your notes. My note was quality control warning on one of the pictures. Clever. My note was fuck up, <laughs> and I did not notice it. <laughs> it's a metaphor, Michael. It's uh, a metaphor. Oh, you, you film and nerd. Plus, plus he's he's got insomnia, so he's like he's daydreaming and he's seeing illusions. There was and a little cut because I I. On and off, have insomnia, and there was a little cool bit later when he's on the bus um, about insomnia. And uh, was he on the bus? <laughs> <laughs> Callback. <laughs> yeah, it comes. He's on the bus, and then he sees Stan <laughs> eyeing up a hot lady. He's like, "My hero, <laughs> Daddy." <laughs> nah, your daddy was in the first episode. Very much. <laughs> Too many callbacks. <laughs> well, it's got cashbacks. So we might as well go callback. Fuck it. <laughs> That's just got the word back in it. That's yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> this film doesn't know what cashback is either at one point, but we'll get to that. Yeah, so we imagine setting there. fire to the pictures, but things better oh, are yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, got you. This is before the yeah, days burning of burning like, photos of the ex cliche. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't put it up in the cloud at that Have point. Have you ever done that? Anyone done the... No, I've never burned no. photos. I don't burn it. I've never had a lighter. I don't smoke or anything. I've so. burnt my um, SAT books after uni. Like, <laughs> well, I'm never going to need you again, SPSS. Fuck you. <laughs> when, I, when I finished secondary school, I burnt my blazer and the damn thing melted. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, what would have happened if there was a literal fire? <laughs> What were you made of? You would have fused him a skin. He's tried everything but has become immune to sleep. He's had eight extra hours. 
So he spends a lot of his time flicking the lights above his head in the bathroom on and off. Yeah, that's what you do. Is that I, just, I, I, I've I, never I, had... In, I mean, you know, you have times where you can't fall asleep, but I wouldn't describe it as insomnia. You know, I, I sleep at some point. So as an insomnia sufferer, yeah. how frequently is it for you? And what are some of the symptoms of it? Obviously, like, is it genuinely like you want to sleep, but you can't sleep, or you yeah, literally yeah, you, can't you're sleep? Yeah, you're there just laying in bed. Mm. Um, and you can't, you just can't drift off. So it, it's sometimes your mind's going all, you know, telling you things. Not telling you things, but, you know, you're overthinking things and you just can't drift off. Oh, yeah, sometimes that, sometimes yeah. it's just you know you're dying to sleep you just can't you're there like, no, sleep sleep now come on come on you've done this before come on you're, this is one of your skills come on <laughs> sleep you've had years of practice with this and you've got, come to bed so must you yeah, you've got, so you you got the sleeping you. equivalent of dartitis all of a sudden <laughs> but yeah, you've got the yips <laughs> but you just, can't, you just can't drift off so it's just it's just really frustrating so what's the longest you've gone without sleep uh, I did three days three days yeah. but obviously you still even though you're not sleeping you're not moving or doing anything particularly, mm. so you, you, there's, you know. And were you having to work during that time as well? Yeah, but I work in, mostly in an office. So, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Or I'm on the feet everywhere, so, you know, yeah. you're awake anyway. And caffeine's a wonderful thing. <laughs> but this is does... the British Mental Health Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should, because this does take quite a flippant attitude towards mm. maybe but, this guy suffering from depression or insomnia. But that was it. But it was, there, was a, there was a nice bit uh, where he's talk, he talking about um, his insomnia and sort of it's like mind playing tricks and stuff he like rides so, the bus and yeah. watches the landscape change this dude's a poet so when he's really depressed and stuff you just do things to fill did you day, did you, you read know? To Kill a Mockingbird during your time I did not I no. watched a lot of scrubs <laughs> that's what he did he read, he read To Kill a Mockingbird and all the other books he'd meant to read he reread his favourites as well but he still can't stop thinking of Susie mm. All of his favourites, Nuts issue 1,279. <laughs> Beano Annual 1996. Oh, that was a good year. That Wasn't was it? Yeah. <laughs> the Ipswich Town miscellany, all those sort of things. <laughs> He's just there going for his uh, football sticker charts, you know, going for it. And then he imagines him and Susie running in a field. Just that. <laughs> yeah, another cliche. Yeah. Oh, we were happy when we were running through the thickets, weren't we? Yeah, so now yeah. we see him in the middle of the night in a supermarket and he has done the classic I won't need a basket mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's desperately trying to hold up all of his oops and <laughs> various items in two hands. Ah, We've all made that mistake. <laughs> he gets the till. Right. You must have witnessed that. Actually, a lot of people just go, yeah, 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 yeah. "Oh, I, I, I can handle this. I can handle this." On the daily. <laughs> um, I've taken now. Now I've got a car after many, many years. I now uh, and there's a 24-hour Tesco's. I now do my shopping at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Ah. It's the best time to do shopping. Well, let's get into this because let's go back into <laughs> See? The film. See, I brought it back. <laughs> In case you're wondering, because there'll probably be a bit of a gap since Ben, since Tom's, <laughs> since Tom's made a great link. The last 20 to 30 minutes, you probably will get in a later episode. Well, it'll be like a, an extra. Yeah, it'll be a DVD episode. extra feature in between seasons, because we'll also explain that as we're coming up towards the end of this first season. And it's driven us slightly mad to the point we had to make some very odd tangents, even by our standards just then. <laughs> so, he finds our hero Ben, sees that there is an ad saying he needs stuff, they need night stuff and he said it was getting obvious that I needed to train some of my time, because he's got eight extra hours a day. 
So he fills in an application form and an actor trying to act is reading it. I'm sorry, that's the manager. The man, he read, Mr. A. Jenkins, and this guy is putting in all the effort in the world, isn't he? Yeah. This does feel like a, this is my first role and I'm going to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just someone that was doing like a theatre course at the same time that Rocco Ritchie was... See, because he's a little bit older, I'm just thinking he's like, you know, you know, he's, he's had a couple of careers. Maybe he actually was in retail management. And he's like, oh, I can be an actor. Yeah, that's true, actually. He might have been like, you know, how those, uh, like, uh, what's the name? Cleo Barnard, I think she hires a lot of amateurs. He was just yeah. like... Yeah. yeah. Um, what surprised me, actually, was they say, this is Sainsbury's. Yeah. I did not expect well, yeah. that whatsoever. Yeah, there must have... Either they filmed it in it secret or they've done a deal there. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't filmed... It, it didn't take the piss out of Sainsbury's or anything. It, no. It, it, it said his staff were no. idiots, but, you know. So Ben scans Mr Jenkins' office. It's full of photos of a football team and trophies in his cabinet. He's a very kind of macho alpha male, and he welcomes mm-hmm. him on board. And we see a tracking shot of the supermarket to sweet violin strings. Again, another nice little... Shot. Yeah, yeah, no particular called... reason for it, but it's a nice little shot. No, that's why called classical. Yes. Tisk <laughs> too. So he works the night shift and they give him money. Cashback. That's not what cashback is. <laughs> Shall I tell you what cashback is from my time as a student? Cashback is... Do you want cashback? Oh, yeah. Maybe they won't even notice that I took it out. <laughs> that's what cashback is. <laughs> Taking advantage of students thinking that they can basically get more change than what they spent and somehow this will be a net gain for them. Double yeah, money. <laughs> yeah. Free money. <laughs> An overdraft. I like the sound of this. <laughs> well, I like the film Backdraft, so what could possibly go wrong? Again, just having the same word in it, it doesn't mean it's the same thing. So, yeah, Sharon is late for the shift, because he seems to work with the same people all the time. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. night shifts, is it the same people? My, I would have thought that there'd be kind of a rotating... Staff that like not everyone has to work. Do the you night have to shifts. like request if you want to work on that? Like I, he's doing. I, I, I think people that there are a number of people that prefer to work. I'm sure there are. Yeah. I you know what? On the occasion that I do work throughout the night, because we'll we'll do like a stock take every six months or so. Oh, so because you're not 24 hours. No, no, no. We 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 were only open like 16 hours of the day. Mm. On the nights where, <clears throat> um, where I do do the overnights. It's the best shift. Yeah. Shopping, shopping at midnight is a new discovery of me, and it's the best. But this is what bothers me. This is what bothers me about how they portray shopping at night time in this film. Like one of the key things that I always, my recollections of shopping in big super, especially big supermarkets at midnight, is that every aisle, every other aisle is just packed with you know trays, trolley trays of that, all them stocking up. That's the wonderful thing. It's like so a treasure hunt. You kind of have to, <laughs> you try to have to negotiate your way through it. You know, the treasure hunt mixed with it. some sort of assault course. It's one. Honestly, it's one of the best things that's happened to me this year. <laughs> discovering midnight, the midnight shop. It's fantastic. You can get it done in half an hour. There's no pissing around. You get home and you've forgotten you do it. You've done it and you open the fridge. It's like I've done my food for the week. Sleep, Michael did this. You know, <laughs> it's the best. I don't do it as much as I used to. I'm just getting older, so now it's suddenly bed at 10.30pm. That sounds fantastic to me. <laughs> On a Saturday. Absolutely. Oh, so you don't watch much of the day, aren't you? 
No, but my TV's not tuned in anyway. Uh, so, you know. And also, since yeah. Villa have gone, it's very hard to believe. <laughs> and I don't want to watch that Channel 5 thing either. You know? well, I don't think Channel 5 do it anymore. Uh, that's how long ago it was since I even paid attention. Oh, Who's it that's running the... Ch- I think it, I is I it BT say Sport? ITV4 or something like oh, that. Oh, God, it says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> ITV4. If we could have gone higher, we would have. But we don't have an ITV5. I mean, so I mean back in the day, men and motors would have been all over that. <laughs> oh, men and motors. Tits and cars. <laughs> hey! Everyone's favourite. <laughs> it's got something for everyone. Approved by the Queen. <laughs> so yeah, Sharon is late for their shift and gets caught by Jenkins, who gives her a disapproving talk, but an approving pat on the arse. Uh, I'm going to jump in here and say uh, that's sexual misconduct in the workplace. Call the union, us door on top of that. Ben was Fucking a witness heaven. as well. Exactly. You need to say something. Come on, Ben. See ben. it. Say it. Ben, stop it. <laughs> um, ben spends his time... Sp- Studying a spilled bag of peas. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. Jackson walks over and admonishes him for staring and not cleaning it up. And I'll be honest, despite his uh, sexual misconduct, Jenkins was in the right there. Yeah, Jenkins. Clean that fucking shit up. Yeah, we go from, however, we go from peas on the floor to a woman bending into a freezer. Yes, a woman in short cut-off jeans. Yeah. Cut-off jean shorts. And then to a deer in the woods? Yes, it's it's a metaphor. For... Pretension? Yes, because you see, I've always wanted to be a painter, and like many artists before me, the female form has been a great source of inspiration. I've always been in awe of the power they unknowingly possess. They know what they possess. They're reminded of it on an hourly basis by the looks of things. This is very quickly turning into the British Insult podcast. <laughs> yes. You don't know what, you don't know the power you have. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know. But you see, everyone says that, you know, straight white men are successful. When's my bloody turn? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting. No, it's my chips and top. <laughs> yeah. Ben ponders the art of surviving an eight-hour shift. The way that Sharon deals with it is that she knows that the clock is her enemy. So she has a bit of tape over her watch. Why don't you just take Not off the watch, watch. Yeah. and yeah. put it in that locker that you have? No, that one, I kind of agree with that, because I did shift work for ages, and I had a lot of shit jobs, and yeah, you do just find time, and then there's the next couple of scenes of them just pissing around, basically. Yeah. We see we see Which Barry, who is a happens. daredevil stuntman, who yeah. had a fake bike stunt go viral, this is pre-YouTube, it's like, hey, download this, and oh, I've got to get Windows Media Player, fucking hell, this is <laughs> real media. <laughs> yeah, real media. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, right... Ben gets slapped upside the head for ignoring the floor piece. Yes, rightly so. Right and yet, Barry gets to scoot around all over the, the place. No one says shit. Seniority. He's earned his he's place. Been, he's been no while. He's yeah. paid his dues. Fourteen. Where the fuck has he earned his place? <laughs> and he has his friend Matt Stevens, who is his ally in the death. Well, they kind of work all over the place. Would you have a deli open at, in a midnight shift? I don't um, believe so. No, no. Not traditionally. But at the same time. None of this really makes sense. No, they make an old lady constantly repeat that she wants sausage. Yeah. Um, she's wearing a beret as well. That's just something I can't notice. Yeah, she's the director's mum. Yes. What, Channeling Madonna? Mom. Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> you must, Chas- you must misogynist <laughs> Madonna's new uh, fashion idol is Michael Crawford. <laughs> so after she's gone, he uses a large sausage as a knob. And Barry... <laughs> So this is what Barry and Matt would do to amuse themselves. They would place sex toys that look like shampoo containers into random women's baskets. Oh, no, it's, it's shampoo containers that look like sex toys. Oh, I was wondering why they were selling sex toys no, in a supermarket. It's like, it's deliberately shampoo. But here's the thing. 
Apparently Barry gets reprimanded, and they call it helping the ladies. Barry gets reprimanded for this. Why? It's boosting sales. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is the problem? It's like, I was always, you know, uh, because you've spent over £5, you're entitled to these following DVDs. I had that when I worked, um, that whole thing about sort of upselling stuff. I used to work in a hospital shop. Uh, so I had a hospital. That must have been an awkward upsell in some well, places. This, this is it, because you go to the hospital for three reasons. Someone's dying, they've had an accident, or a baby. So it's like, you've got like an old fella, and he's there waiting for his, he's like, just getting a paper and a sandwich. Like, Would you like a massive slab of chocolate as well? You're like, no, my wife's dying. Um, <laughs> From type 2 diabetes, you bastard. Would you, would you like a key ring? No, my wife's giving birth. I just need something quickly. Well, you're going to have to buy a new house. <laughs> so I've always, I've always wondered why they do that in Smiths. You go over to like the counter and you, you've got your paper and you've got your meal there. Like, would you also like this gigantic galaxy no. bar or this amount of Starbucks? No. No. There was a guy who always just say, half price chockies. I was like, no, I don't want no. chockies. Look, I've come for a couple of razzle and you know, a can of coke. What do I want them for? They're uh, 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 things. I'm in here for a cup of the PWI and a good quick wank over the other things. <laughs> a nice and a refreshing lemonade afterwards. <laughs> so ah, Barry and Matt hold a race on scooters down the aisles on the day the boss is away and immediately collide with a shopper. Which is just a dick move in general. Yeah. Uh, ben hasn't slept in two weeks. So he's oh, read like, I've got this. all I've the got classics this. and all of these things and he's got a job. He's done a lot in those two weeks. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, I looked it up. The record for longest recorded lack of sleep is ten days yeah. and then you die. Yeah. So I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that your first fuck-off point? Uh, it wasn't a fuck-off point. It was my first I call okay. bullshit point. Here's the thing for me. Um, he says he hasn't slept in two weeks. He should really watch this film and put him right. Yes. <laughs> my breakup with Susie had left me with a sense that time had become unhinged. I drifted between imagination and reality, between past and present, with increased ease. Have we reached a fuck-off point at anywhere along the Oh, we're, we're, we're just about close. to. We're just about we're to. Coming close to number six, though. Was, did you say what number five was? The phrase, unstoppable wave of fate. Fuck off. <laughs> it's all right. It's nice. It's that, that's, that's fuck-off worthy. <laughs> that's fine. So Jenkins brags about his sporting prowess to Sharon, who's not interested... Everyone else is moving at a faster pace than Ben when he's not standing still. I can feel the bolts of time slowly coming from the brackets. And then suddenly, time stops. I imagine the remote control for life has been paused. Within this frozen world, I'm Ding. able to... <laughs> My first old fuck-off point. Within this frozen world, oh, yeah, I'm moving around unnoticed. To... No. I'm able to walk freely and unnoticed. Nobody would even know that time had stopped and when it started back up again. The invisible join would be seamless except for a small shudder. wonder what they're shuddering because of. Not unlike walking over your grave. He's found out he's got a superpower. He can yeah, freeze yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. And during what? this time, he focuses on the shockingly large amount of beautiful women that seem to be shopping <laughs> at this supermarket in the middle of the night. No beautiful women have ever... They're busy shagging. They've never been to a supermarket past... People, I know I agree with this on my incel forum. They're all busy <laughs> fucking other people, not me. <laughs> I bought groceries for so many beautiful women in the middle of the night. It's never done anything for me. But um, we, we've skipped over fuck off point number six for me. With the world on pause, it becomes very easy to understand the concept of beauty. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah, off! This yeah, whole thing! Yeah. Fuck off! I'm this great admirer of beauty. I've got this unique ability to notice that a woman with a comely figure and large 
breasts is a beautiful woman. Her face is a lopsided. She's beautiful and only I can see that. That moment when you see someone walking down the street who is so beautiful you can't help but just stare. Well, imagine, as I do, with the world on pause, that it becomes very easy to understand the concept of beauty. To have it frozen in front of you, captured, unaware. You do not know how creepy you are. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, I think one of the things that, like, all this, all the, you know, me too, whatever. I know it's not the first time I've referenced it. But I think what it points out to a lot of people is that, like, yes, there is the explicit, but there's the implicit as well. And there's a whole different type of creepy bloke that they've had to, women have had to deal with, and it's the starers. It's the ones yeah, that don't. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's, that's the thing. Like that, this guy thinks he's so much better than the Barrys and the Mats, mm. but he's just a completely different type of problem within the same genre that women have to deal with. Yeah, it's it's weird how this film tries to blur the lines between art house cinema and nuts magazine <laughs> well that's the thing it's like it, it thinks it's a classy wank it's like jizzing over a copy of sight and sound magazine <laughs> you know well, what's the name of the um of the glamour model who, who was in this film i think Kate it was keely, keely or... hawes oh, hawes yeah. or yeah. hawes yeah. i was expecting lucy pinder but she didn't turn up yeah it's like i say the era of the glamour model was a weird one because the whole point of models had been to advertise the clothes that they were wearing, but these models were advertising that they were wearing no clothes. Ah, uh, but they had very informed opinions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you read page three. Oh, boy. The, the South Sudan situation is a very dicey yeah. subject. You're right. I'm I want to hear Lucy from Dagenham's opinions on this. <laughs> Join us tomorrow for Topless Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> For what she thinks of the current uh, economic climate. So yeah, Ben. <laughs> ben takes particular focus on one woman and starts playing with her hair as the camera pulls away. And creepy, again, creepy. Bastard. The voiceover says, "For me, this fascination with beauty started at a young age. A Swedish woman who lived with his family when he was a kid would walk up the stairs naked, except for a towel over her head. And I felt fascination and wonder at the beauty of her nakedness." To this day, I still think of it as one of the most beautiful things I had seen. That woman was a sex criminal. Ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. He goes on a big, long, pretentious uh, rant about that. Well, not rant. Big, long, pretentious monologue about that. you just got your first lob on. Stop, imagine, talk, stop talking and go and sort yourself out imagine, in the shed like everyone else. Imagine if it was the other way around. A six-year-old yeah, girl yeah, 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 yeah. and a 21-year-old bloke just walks up the stairs in front of her. With his, like he's doing the helicopter with his dick whilst he's walking along. He'd been burnt at the stake. Yeah, rightly so. Well, not rightly so, but you know, it was, it was a crime. But that, that's a beautifully worded thing for getting a lob on for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not even What's this now? It's not even beautifully worded. It's one of those, yeah. like, he's just like, he's written down, she was a right fitten and highlighted all the words, right click synonym. And I'm not big at this. You know, essentially, it's what it is. So she drops her underwear, he knocks on the door, she opens it still naked, and he hands her his pants. Her faceless naked body. Like, they make sure it's oh, like... Yeah, it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you don't need yeah. to see the face, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> she's a woman, you don't need to see her. But, then we, but then we do see her face as she's closing the door, and she has a coquettish grin, smile across her face. Oh, yeah, she's Ooh, Swedish, obviously. They said that earlier. Yeah. Oh, I just... That was ridiculous, yeah. So then, what does he start doing? He starts taking off these women's clothes. Creepy, creepy but bastard. He doesn't, but he doesn't even take them off so they're all fully naked. He only gets some... I only need to see the tits. 
That's all I need to see. I know the one. The one he does fully expose at one point, though. There is, is there? Yeah, yeah he, he does remove her under garments and one of draws. Yeah, well, there's one I will do as we're going along. This, yeah, this was this was fuck off number three. Three fuck offs in very quick well, succession here. It's just this here. montage about the whole thing. He's, just drawing all and he's going things. around drawing all the naked women and stuff. He's got it this seems... superpower of freezing time and during seems... the naked days. No, you're on you're a retail worker. You're not a superhero. You're on five pound six an hour. Pick up those fucking peas. <laughs> get back to you work. got frozen time. You could do a so much more cleaning. <laughs> you get it all you done. Could, you could get all the stock work so quickly, and you'd be fucking made. I read once about the woman who said her secret fantasy was to have an affair with an artist. She thought he would really see her, see every curve, every line, every indentation, and love them because they were her and they were unique. How many fuck-offs? Was that like, <laughs> like as far as the fuck-offs, was this like a super-sized fuck-off? That was a barrel of fuck-offs. Fuck! Off. fuck. <laughs> 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 Seven U's, two C's, and 11K's. So yeah, he's disrobing these women and drawing these large-breasted, often clean-shaven women, uh, including a glamour model, and it's all being played to haunting music. Here's one that bothers me, right? So he's, oh, but it's so I can draw them. It's so I can draw them and appreciate them. At one point, he's got this woman's skirt hiked up and it shows her ass, but he's drawing her from the front. He's not drawing that bum in that moment. He's also very lucky that he's learned how to draw. If that is just your common or garden person just there, yeah. <laughs> and it's just stick men, you know. If you see the burial mat, they would be a very different film. But he's just there, just going, just drawing stick men. Yeah, but this is my note because this all seems to be taking place in one moment, and literally, there's like a good half dozen or so naked, like in one aisle. Yeah. There's like, there's like all these women and one bloke that he doesn't seem to have done anything to, <laughs> and it's like uh, the way I wrote stuff. It seems that a Swedish volleyball team has turned up at the exact same time <laughs> to do a shot. Thank God that bus got lost. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a great appreciator of beauty. You're not seeing something that no one else already sees. If all you're doing is appreciating beautiful women. Mm. You know, he's not an equal opportunity. He wasn't looking at. He wasn't studying that little old lady who wanted a sausage. You know, he wasn't looking at the contours <laughs> and the lines of her. Yes. You're not a unique, beautiful snowflake. <laughs> You're just a fucking pervert. <laughs> but this is the thing. At, at one point, we would have all thought we were like that. <laughs> well, the way yeah. I look at it, it's like, it's, like, it's like when I saw Garden State. Yeah. And I thought, I remember thinking like, oh, oh man. When I was 19, I was like, oh, man, this is the movie I want to make. But then I turned 20. <laughs> it was a yeah. mixtape masquerading as a film. It's like, it's like I, uh, I had the, the distinct displeasure of uh, finding some lyrics I used to write when I was 15. Oh! Right, oh. film! I can't believe I'm the one that has to try and bring it back around. Let's see what point we're at now. So he reapplies their clothes and walks over to Jenkins and Sharon. He rolls Jenkins over to behind the shop front where the two bad boys are throwing a carton of milk. He cracks his fingers, which is how he's able to. Yep. That makes sense. Imagine if he didn't know that, yeah, <laughs> and he just starts that when he's just disrobed a lady and he's about to start drawing. So I better do the pre-drawing crack of the knuckles. That starts time up again. What the fuck has happened yeah. to me? The thing you got to remember is that the ladies want it because he's an artist. Yeah, so they yeah. want they want the him. Artists yeah. love that. Yeah. He's so, uh, you know what? You try that. They're walking down the street, just going, "Lady, can I draw you? I'm an artist. I got a pen. It's not going to work, <laughs> is it? I've got a pen. I haven't got any paper, but I'm just drawing your face." So Ben's mate Sean turns up to try and cheer him up. Ben's still miserable and bored of everything. He'd last thought of Susan ten minutes before Sean turned up. His thought was of them lying in bed together and the dust being shown through a crack of light. 
and one of the few self-aware moments of this film, Sean says, God, you're weird. Finally, a character <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, but then he ruins it by everything else he does. Oh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> So Sean throws an orange in the air and Ben freezes time again. This is still Bernard's what? Bullshit. Yeah, he reflects on their time as friends. They've been friends since they were five. For his 12th birthday, his mate had bought a state-of-the-art computer, which was Pong. Now, how old are these guys yeah, meant to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing the maths on this one. To okay. Us, if I may. Um, so, we we know this film was released in about 2006. 2006, yeah. So the short film came out in 2004. So, let's take the idea that this film was meant to be set around 2005, 2006, yes? Yes. Yeah. So, let's say, because he's in his third year at art college, he's around 20. He's 20. I think they say he's 20. Okay, he's 20 years old. So that means he was born 1985, 1986. And this is them on their 12th birthday. By that time, the most high-tech computer you can get is Windows 95. Mm. Well, computer games, I would assume the N64's out of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got, like, your your PlayStation at the very least. You would have had Doom, Doom, then, on on Windows 94. Yeah, exactly. You got Doom, you got got the best football manager, or chat Championship manager better. 0203 was the best one. So is this like he's been speeding through time until now? He's exactly. like, so he's, like he's catching up on all the time that has spent. But we will get back to this at a later point. So mm. let's just remember, he was it, born roughly 1985-1986. But ju- I think they just picked Pong because it's really the pressing game. Yeah. That's what, they're just there like playing it. Maybe they suggested they came from a poor background or something and that was state-of-the-art for them. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's giving them more credit There's than There's a lady about to get her box out. Let's get to yeah. that. Yeah, so Sean shows off his dad's porn... Well, actually, it seems to be his parents' porn collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Swedish student was one thing, but this was completely different. Oh, the smiles yeah. on the girls' faces... And the total lack of shyness was so confusing to me. I guess I'd imagined something neater, like a smooth hole drilled into a piece of wood. Um, the sort of hole you might place on a wooden peg. This, ding, ding, the, re- ding. the reality was much more sexually aggressive. Ding. Talking about a reality that's much more sexually aggressive than you think it is. He does describe it as the female part. Yes. Which is very partridge, isn't it? This is a serial killer about... Like, this is an origin story for a serial killer. He imagines... And it bears repeating. He imagines, imagines the woman's vagina is like, like a smooth hole drilled into some wood. That's just a glory hole, right? Yeah, so it's, so it's one of those things that actually they're quite disgusted by the female figure as well. So they're kind of... You know, he's disgusted and fascinated at the same yeah. time. Another sign of someone that's got issues with women. Uh, so yeah, he doubted that his teachers was of a similar state. Uh, <laughs> mo- it must be like ground. <laughs> <laughs> so the mother comes back, she says we've got enough purse, and is shocked at the sight of both those boys having erections, and has always thought that they were gay ever since then. That was a vaguely funny joke-ish. In, no. a, in, a, in a teenage... Uh, bonus are funny. Uh, yeah. I'm giving it credit because I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> yeah. So, so he says they need a couple of Natalies, which is Sean's term for a one-night stand. Uh, he remembers of a time when he had sex up against a hand dryer, and so he did the classic, oh, you know, hand dryer in the mouth. Yeah, because it has that much intensity that you, know, yeah. you do weird things. So they call them Natalies based on the experience of a girl across the street who would show her vagina to them for 50p. Child prostitution now. Yeah. So I think it's Sean that this flashback's for, and he sort of looks at it and nods in approval. And then we see a long line of boys waiting for their turn to look. Again, it's just yeah. one of those cliches, the girl that shows the fanny yeah, yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Again, there's just nothing original particularly. But she, there are like, some fun... With a queue that long, she could have done pound 50 to well, show. Well, half, <laughs> of the, half of it is the kids' feet, but then it does another one of those clever transition shots where it then becomes Again, feet nice uh, in the queue. Uh, stop trying to be train spotting! I quite like that, a good little shot. 
If it, if it were a good film, you'd be like, oh, so that's a nice yeah. little bonus. Whereas yeah. this is like a slither of light in a dark, dark tunnel. Like you say, decent director, can't write. Yeah. But the decent visual. Well, it's kind of like how I, I describe like Zack Snyder. Like, my opinion on Zack Snyder is that he found his calling. The problem is he found it back when he was directing music videos and commercials. That's what that... Kind, this guy can yeah. make great commercials and great little... You know, Short music films. music videos would be really good, like yeah. fun little things like that, because then you don't have to rely on dialogue. It was born to. I'd have been born in like the twenties. Oh, a silent film, it'd be fine. <laughs> Just yeah, maybe. You still have had to go through a plot, and then yeah, yeah. Really yeah. The, 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 the intertitles would be the most terrible. It'd be like really small <laughs> fonts and really long. You got to read them for ages. And then you just hear an entire cinema of people going, "Oh, fuck off." <laughs> At a point when public swearing was very much not allowed. It just draws that much He broke higher. down social barriers. We all came together in telling one man to fuck off. So Sharon and Ben share a smile, and then Barry Matt pulled down his trousers. Um, a new kid turns up who uses martial arts to clean up. He's like a, he's like a supporting character in an episode of The Inbetweeners, this guy. It's a real, there's a real issue with like a tonal shift. Like They really tried to make this a comedy around this time. Yeah, from here on in, they're, they're trying to make it slapsticky and comedy. So. Yeah. yeah. So Sharon swaps shifts so she won't be working with them that day. She asks for a bite of Ben's pickle sandwich. Eats it from his hand. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, you know... That's not mixed signals. I think you would take that as a sign of approval to go in, I think. Oh, well... Not for... Yeah. Not for certain, like... I mean, ask to go for a drink. <laughs> you ask to go for a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if you freeze time, that's not a welcoming. Gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> we've reached fuck-off point number seven. Oh, okay. Is oh, that when she's playing with yeah. the sauce all over her face? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's when she goes to leave after she's had the bite of the sandwich. She, he, he comes up with a line, after the door closed, I felt like the last person on earth. You wiped some pickle from her face. She didn't declare her love for you. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, he falls in love very, very quickly, as is evident in the next scene coming yeah. up, but, um, which I've got two fuck-off points. Oh, because uh, he wanted to freeze time. He wanted to savour that moment, to live in that moment for a week, but I couldn't stop it, only slow it. And before I knew it, she was gone. After the door closed, Mate, I she... felt like the last person on earth. Mate, she's just had a bite of your sandwich. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. not a metaphor. Like, she no, literally did. There, and there's been, no, there's been nothing brewing here. They barely spoke. You know? yeah. So Barry and Matt have hidden on the top shelf behind the toilet. So yeah, this is almost like a, like a... This is now like a like a, a sizzle reel for a sitcom. Like the night shift yeah. or something like that. Which is not a bad... I mean, there was that trolley, which Trolley's was quite, good. quite a hit. Was the first four series of trolley was eight. Is that when they actually had Jane Horrocks in? And, like, yeah. Mark and that. It was really good. Um, it, seems, it seems to always have like a bit of a... Cra- I don't know if he was involved, but a bit of a Craig Cash vibe to it. You know, those I think sort he of was royal part of it. family. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it was, it was dead good, actually. And then the Never last series it. was decent, but they've, they've changed the cast like three times over now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jessie Cave's in it, and she's amazing. Oh, okay. so, yeah. Matt had asked Sharon out, and she said yes. Now, I would say if anyone appreciates beauty beyond the outer appeal, <laughs> Sharon agreeing to go on a date with Matt is very much an example of that. So I'm not going to... Yeah, she is Amelia Fox, one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. He is an egg. <laughs> yeah. got, an egg with feet. I mean, I've got no air. I'm, I'm bald as anything, but you know, I'm balding. But I'm going to pitch something here. Mm-hmm. The character Amelia Fox plays is not as attractive as she's supposed to be in real life. How old is she? He to... is, however, simply under the delusions of insomnia. He is imagining that she is more beautiful than she actually is. Uh, okay. Because there's no real reason for her to be working that later shift. Uh, I disagree. How old is she supposed to be? 
That's a very good That is question. interesting. Like, she is, like, significantly old. Well, not significant. Like, as far as films go, she's, like, maybe eight years older than the act- as actors go. I think she's about... She's about 44 now. Yeah. So so she would have been 34 at that point, I think. So he's meant to be 20. 20. So there's maybe a 10-year mm. age gap between them. I don't think it's presented as that, but, that's actually but one, that was one of the few things I thought you could say something nice. It's, it's like, actually an older but, woman. Well, she, she, meant, she mentions on the date that, you know, well, what happened to your last boyfriend or whatever? And she said, oh, he went he went off to go to uni. Yeah. Which means she, he would have been 18, 19. Unless she's been lonely for the past 15 years, and of course someone who looks like Amelia Fox would be. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it looks as what she actually looks like. Yeah. But no, that's that not, doesn't make... Theory, I don't know actually. if that makes sense, though, because later on she sees a picture he's done of her and she seems to recognise it. So. In our mind's eye, we all look a bit better <laughs> than we are. He's narrating this, it's all seen through like, his oh, okay. eyes, yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe even the drawings he's done aren't... Amazing. It actually was the little old lady that he disrobed. <laughs> we can't rule that out. Mm. So he's been rocking around... No, no. So Ben ponders the different meanings of the word crush and reflects on his first crush, which was Zola Bud. Oh yeah. Again, yeah. oh, is this this is a historical I've a, I've inaccuracy? Got a ding going on here as well. Yeah. Uh, was she watching? I, was he watching? I love nineteen eighties. I've, I've got two dings, but Tom, you go first. Yeah, first of all, fuck off. Point number eight. Quote in the dictionary. Fuck off with you. Um, oh yeah, he, he quotes Oxford English Dictionary. Wanker. They literally made a joke about that in Friends about how insipid a thing to do. Exactly. If that's even like joked about in Community. Yeah. Webster's Dictionary defines, ugh, that's like the Jim Belushi of, like, fucking <laughs> best man speeches. Um, Webster, <laughs> Oxford English Dictionary defines trite as using the Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what was that's the, going. That's it, that's it. What's the name of the athlete again? Uh, Zola Bud. Famous oh, right. South African athlete now, that was repatriated as British, as English, so that she could take part in the Olympics. Because back then, South Africa was not allowed to take part in things. Because no one ever met a night South African at that time. So, if that's crossed with Zola Bud, and are you okay. going to point out the historical so, inaccuracies here? We've already worked out, roughly, that if it was set in 2006 and he was 20, he was born in 1984-85. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. The Olympics that she took place in in Los Angeles were in 1984. And he was about eight watching the film, watching the footage. But he wouldn't have been born at that point. So roughly, if you take it as eight years old from 1984, that sets the film in 1996. Like I said, you might be watching those I Love 1984 programmes. Now, I'll tell you what it is. Let's let's look up the age of the director, shall we? Someone tells me he decided to make this um, avatar for himself... But didn't think about updating the references. To IMDb. Da, 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 da. Sean Ellis was born in 1970. So he would have been 13 or so when the 1984 Olympics were happening. Around the time you would start to have your first few crushes. Let's have a look at him. Uh, Google him, listeners. Yep. Yep, he looks that sort. I'm pretty sure Rocco Ricci was born in the 2000s though, wasn't he? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a photo of him with a scarf. There we go. He's filming and he's got a oh, scar. Of course there. He's with this. So the second crush he had was on a biology teacher, Mrs. Booth, because she was confident and wore figure-hugging clothes. I think the latter part was more important than the confidence somehow. So. Yeah, but his main crush was a girl called Tanya Green. When I looked at Tanya, I didn't just see her, I felt her. I guess he'd stop time. And Creepy. That's the pervert's defence. Oh. So Tanya broke her arm, falling from a swing. Ben... Saw it differently to everyone else because he's so special. He's so arty. Yeah. And admired the way that she dealt with it by scratching an itch with her ruler, uh, the increasing graffiti on her cast. <laughs> she asks him to sign her cast and he signs it with an X. 
Because he's arty. Her thanks seemed very underwhelming. Is that like him doing a kiss? Is that... Or is it him sort of saying, you know, I have no name. So then the boys start circling her making monkey noises because after they tore off the cast, she had a really hairy arm. And I have to say, like, if a boy at 12 or however old she's meant to be there has an arm that hairy... It was impressive. He would also have been given those <laughs> sort of chance, you know? Yeah, bloody hell's going on there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's had tears added to her face by someone in the production staff. <laughs> <laughs> or they just reminded her that she was actually... Going to be in the film. He said it only highlight it only heightened his fascination for her. Yes, because she was vulnerable. <laughs> There's something about you I really like now. Is it because you're crying? It's that you're susceptible <laughs> to things. He consoles her and says that she's beautiful the way she is. He asked to be her girl. He asked for her to be his girlfriend, and she agrees. They had a place. He had a place where he stood by himself at the back of the school. He was so special. He, he didn't have the decency to smoke fags. Yeah. He arranged to meet Tanya there. They stand awkwardly until she asks if he wants to kiss her. He runs off and promises to kiss her tomorrow. Says he'll meet her there at 11. Again, he's such a beautiful soul because he's fascinated by schools when there's not school time. Exactly. Yeah, you're the 15 millionth person to make that observation. I mean, Sean was right. He is fucking weird. Yeah. Her parents went to America suddenly and decided to stay there. I think she just saw that kid and was like, Oh, fuck. That kid likes our daughter. We are getting right. out of here. <laughs> or it's just an excuse. Yeah, we're going um, America. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, get ready. Dad, yeah, I've yeah. got like a boyfriend. Uh, who is it? Oh, it's that boy that can stop time. We're oh, going. <laughs> guys. It's Rocco. You know it's a Rocco Ritchie film because two characters are playing chess. Also, after ah! ding, 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 big, 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 big. So Ben's playing Sean at chess. Sean wins easily, and like it seems like every piece is still on the board when so, he wins as well. Ben says that there's a girl at work that he likes who is nice, and Sean says, "Nice rack." To which Ben says, "Yeah, but nothing like that." So he's better than him, but he's got to go on board. Sean asks if she has small hands. Sean, like I say, Sean is the person that makes you feel better about yourself, but you then it like thinks it gives you an excuse to be more like the asshole that you are, because at mm. least I'm not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Again, he, he thinks he's the hero. So there's a montage of Sean failing with women at the cinema. Uh, oh, yeah, then we see Jenkins talking smack to someone over the phone who... Turns out to be, he's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I can't take this off, but keep going. Challenges him to a football game with a, he's dreaming of a mongrel with the boss. Again, this is where it sort of becomes a sitcom sizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was definitely not in the sh- original short film. No. <laughs> okay. Not even close. Because apart from... Because when someone makes a short film and then they have to adapt it into like a, a long feature length, they will reshoot a lot of stuff from the original short film. What he did was left the short film in there and just film bits around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite obvious as well. I haven't watched the short film. I don't know if I can bring myself to it, but there is a part of curiosity. Oh, you've already seen it. That's the point. Yeah, but like, what parts of it are the short film? That that does fill me with a bit of curiosity. I think all the bits that are just in the that's apparently the it's like the middle. Market. The middle is the, basically um, the, the pretentious wank bit. Yes, yeah, that'll be it then. Yeah, um, just shorter. So Matt claims to have had a sexual encounter with Sharon and says her vagina is like an otter's pocket. <laughs> Jenkins announces that there's going to be a five-a-side game against uh, Islington Sainsbury's. And says that they are slaves who will play to the death like in Gladiator. No, they're not. The retail workers on £4 an hour. Well, it's as close yeah. as we get to slave. Well, no, it's not yeah, as close. Yeah, Unfortunately, it's, it's not as close as we get yeah. to slave. Really, Plus, if, you, if you really need to like rally troops to go and play a five-a-side game, you don't choose the wanks on the late shift. Yeah. Well, I think it's just meant to be the night shift. I think it's a battle of night shifts. 
So the opposing team are there, and they're in their sort of Juventus uniform. Yeah. It's a classic thing, isn't it? All the, the the team that takes it seriously and our plucky heroes that don't. Yeah, the uh, the rampant rejects of the story. Oh, Ben does the one classic thing, the one of the, the few relatable moments that we've all had. Sharon waves. Ben thinks he's waving uh, at her. She's waving yeah. at him. Yeah. Turns out she's waving at Matt behind him. Uh, oh, we've all been there. Now deserve. that's the definition of crush. <laughs> <laughs> we now get a fucking long ass football sequence. But we are introduced to. First of all, I will say Ben does have a very nice Brazil away. Kits. I think it's the 1982 Brazil blue away shirt. Oh, nice it nice. does look about that. Very nice. And now we're introduced to the captain of the Islington team. Why, well, it's our biggest star of the movie. Uh, except for maybe Amelia Fox. Nick Hancock. Yay! You thought this film couldn't get more ridiculous? It is now. So, as a guess, how many people did they go down the list until they got to Nick Hancock? Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I'm guessing Lee Hurst turned him down. Roy McGrath, maybe. Uh, I oh, reckon Padil and Skinner both said no. Yeah, yeah they were the first yeah, they They're being absolutely slaughtered by the Islington team. Uh, Jenkins takes a call during the game. Ben's foul, but the ref denies okay, it. So okay. Jenkins shoves the ref and threatens him with a Pacino quote. Okay, I'm going to jump in here very quickly. He takes a mobile phone call in the middle of the game. Yeah. So, we've worked out this isn't 2006. Yeah. And it's not... Because there's a mobile phone involved, and they weren't that readily available at the time. I doubt. In 2006. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. I'm talking about 1996. Oh, right, okay. Because if he was, uh, uh, I think you're fine. Many people, like Princess Diana, had mobile phones. <laughs> in fact, the bitch had callbacks. Four. <laughs> right. So I love, I love niche callbacks to an already niche podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not 2006 because it would have been impossible for him to have watched the LA Olympics. But it's not 1996 because the mobile phone wasn't already available. When the fuck was this film set? It's set in the netherworld that is this director's brain. Uh, You've gone full CSI on this, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, this, you have to this, do anything to avoid co- pondering what this film's actually saying. This, this, this <laughs> ate away the little fucking anxiety in the back of my head. Plus, if this was set in 1996, someone would have looked over at Nick Hancock and go, you look like the bloke from Room 101. So Jenkins calls timeout at 26-0, um, wants to give the team a pep talk to score a goal. Uh, ben has a heroic run in slow motion. He crosses it into Jenkins, who controls it with his chest quite well, but uh, hits the crossbar on the half volley. Matt volleys the ball back into Jenkins' face, and Ben stops time with one second left and walks over to Sharon and then goes for a bit of a stroll. He buys a Lucas from a vending machine. So that suggests that he can move objects in time. Okay. So, like, you can purchase things. So that, like, in theory, I think that means if you can freeze time, you can, like, turn on the telly. You can work machinery. I was going to say, here's a question. You can stop time. Why would you buy the can? Yeah. Why not just open up the machine... Grab as many as you want, and then just I think I think I think you've got to a re- shop. You can do what you want. Yeah, but but this he's a he's a nice guy. Oh, he's the hero. He's a good that. guy. He's the arty hero. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good person. Apart from the fact that he's a massive pervert. No, he's a good person. He's a nice guy. Why draw- don't girls get that? And he draws. Mm. Fine. All girls want to so stand deep, a drawer, like an ocean. So he hears a noise and calls out. He focuses someone on a hoodie who runs away. Turns out there's other people in this world. Is this setting up a thriller for the rest of the film? No! no! <laughs> Is he on the hog for this guy that can also stop time? No! <laughs> Do we ever find out who's under the hoodie? No! 
and so would make it an infinitely more interesting film. Fuck this! That, that would was, be a good film, actually, wouldn't it? Like, we should have said this for how you make this better film. A thriller between in frozen time and there's only two people. And, that, like, was his, that was his dad's. Yeah. That was his well, dad's. Or like a influence. community that lived within frozen moments of time. And they all come from the same yeah. genetic that's, experiments. That's that's the guy mm. Richie Fatherhood there. Here, son, give it one, give one of this. Don't expand <laughs> on the plot. Just put it in. Just put it in. So yeah, he returns to the pitch and restarts time. Jenkins has taken the nastiest ball to the face I've ever seen. There is as much blood as like a Takeshi Miike film or something. <laughs> watching Ric Flair blading. Yeah. Cut him out. And he yeah. tells Matt to drive him to the hospital and Matt asks Ben to take Sharon home. Oh. <laughs> so Ben walks Sharon home and asks if she's seeing Matt. She denies it. Says that Matt said they'd slept together, which she denies as well. I mean, if she, even if she had, she would. She would. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Uh, he would she asks if he said how good she was. Ben kind of tries to dodge that. And asks if she has got a boyfriend. Turns out they split up six months ago because he went to America to study. And then Ben talks about his breakup. Says he's doing better now. Oh, yeah, yeah. She asks about the breakup. And then Amelia Clark goes, I'm sorry, how are you doing? He's 20. There's no great drama in a breakup when you're 20. Yeah. Fucking grab over it. She wrote her phone number on a guy's hand. It was the worst thing I could ever imagine happening. <laughs> to be fair, though, did he, she did throw a lamp at me. Yeah, yeah. So she's and a mug. <laughs> it's the classical music, though. It's beautiful. Yeah. Slow motion. So Sharon's been working at the supermarket for two years. She had been studying beauty therapy, but dropped out because it wasn't her, and she had to earn money. Uh, she's been putting herself through evening classes in Spanish. And she chose Spanish in the hopes of getting a job that involves travel, like air hostess or teaching English. Uh, she wanted to travel to South America and other exotic places to talk to people about their lives and dreams. You can do that in Dagnum Love. There's no need to go <laughs> to bloody South America to get that done. You don't think the people of Clapham have dreams? <laughs> you don't think someone in Droitwich wants to make more of themselves? <laughs> There's no such thing as aspirations in Islington. <laughs> well, not in Islington. They've already reached the top. Especially when they've got Nick Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben says, knowing what you want is half the battle. He's always wanted to be a painter. Which she's amazed. Mm. She's always wanted to meet a painter. Because they see beauty in everything and capture it for everyone else to see. Ben walks home and he goes in for a kiss, but it's that awkward yeah, ends up on the cheek. Yeah, yeah. Ha. So then we come back to work the next day. Jenkins has a lot of, has a plaster over his face and a, and a neck brace. And he's thinking about having a party to cheer everyone up. Uh, Sharon talks to Ben about the party and asks for him to be her date. Uh, Matt calls and asks for her to relieve him for his lunch break. She says he has a small penis in Spanish. Oh yeah, a large-breasted woman is about to be served. Matt refuses the lunch break suddenly. She's picked up two vibrator shampoo bottles. Ooh. Oh. She likes Cells are on the up. No, no. Uh, Jenkins calls all the men in to announce the party again, and he asks Ben to arrange for a stripper and gives him £200. Ben asks Sean for help. Sean agrees as long as he can come to the pub, uh, come to the party, and then they go to the pub, The Spread Eagle. <laughs> wait, wait a this minute. Is... I'm just doing the maths. Yep, that's a pun. Yep, we'll do it. We'll keep, we'll keep it. We'll keep Although you doing the maths of how much £200 would get you. Oh, man, in this economy. <laughs> In the year 1996, Jesus Christ, that should have got you. <laughs> Get an entire so, it's a, it's, so you've had pubs and you've had strip clubs, but this is a strip pub. Strip pub! Strip pub! <laughs> not exactly the highest of clientele, but you know. Yeah, well, the, the woman on stage is not making a lot of effort. Uh, she shakes her breasts occasionally that are covered in tassels and shoots a plastic toy gun. Also, this is the point where they go to the bar, right? 
Oh, have you got this as well? Yeah. You've got, you've oh, got you guys are outraged by this. I wasn't so outraged. But, okay. <laughs> so, you got annoyed. Yep. By what exactly? Uh, they ordered a half pint. <laughs> Who's ordering a half? I'm sorry. Poor students. <laughs> so, here's the thing. They, he gives them two halves as a pint, and he asks for another two halves, and they come as another pint. So they yeah. both get two pints. What do they get charged? Uh, three quid. Three quid. Damn you, inflation! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Sean Paul's... And this is actually... Because I, I will admit my innocence. I've never been to a strip club. Oh, I have. No, I just don't see... Not... If I can't get women to take their clothes off of me for free, I don't want to be reminded that I see, have to pay for it, in, you know? In theory... Not when I can freeze time and do it all. <laughs> In theory, in a misogynistic way, great idea. I like, I like a drink. I like boobs. Mm. Put them together, perfect place, you know. But then you've got the realization going on your you couldn't go on your own. That's weird. So you've got to go with a group of your friends. That's weirder because <laughs> the whole principle is that you're looking at the boobs and getting turned on. Yeah, surrounded by your friends. Yeah, no, no, don't don't want that. Um, and then there, then there all there's a horrific smell, which is vanilla scented wet wipes and shame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> horrible, horrible places. No matter how many vanilla scented wet wipes they put around the shame stays. It's just horrible. Everything about it is grim. They're not fun places. like a fart in a car. Yeah. And I promise this will be my 59th and last time visiting. <laughs> it looks like you're just surrounded watching the boobs trying to suppress a lob on. So, did you, are there. so no. did you go to Broad Street? Or? Uh, I went to one, a couple in that London. Um, uh, higher class. High, uh, higher class. <laughs> <laughs> I went to another one in uh, when I was living in Norwich. So. Mm. Although I used to work in a pub, which is next door to a strip club, um, and the girls used to come in. Lovely girls, couldn't be nice ones. Lovely could girls. Could be nicer people. What a nice guy you are for noticing that. Yeah, how like, lovely they are. The problem is I can't draw. <laughs> You're a beautiful <laughs> soul, though. You see that they're actually pleasant people. You appreciate the beauty of them going, thank you. <laughs> it's, something the, it's the same industry, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is interesting. So maybe this is not true or not, but I was, I'd always wondered, because obviously when you see American strippers in the films, they're always putting crisp dollar bills in there. Yeah, 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 and I always yeah. thought, well, you can do that with British ones, because it's not like a fiver, and that's a bit, mm. you know... Ugh. Especially now, turns out the strip is vegan. How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> but instead, they've got like a, an empty pint glass and he just pops a quid in there. <laughs> I mean, it's a strip pub. We're not exactly yeah, yeah, talking strip like pub. Yeah. £50 notes at this point. The ones, the ones I've been to, it's been an entrance fee. Mm. And then if you want to tip afterwards, you know. Um, yeah. But it's like a certain amount of money to get in. And that's yeah. like, you know, covers you. So Sean applauds and puts quids in a glass, and uh, she insists on a quid each. Ben's a front, like, yeah, but, and Ben's too classy for this kind. Yeah, of Yeah, but bear in mind, yeah. bear in mind, a pint's only a pound fifty. So yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, so Sean asks for help for a Saturday gig. She knows someone who's very expensive and only does private venues. Um, at that point, I figured this has got to turn out to be Susan, hasn't it? There's got to be some <laughs> artificial way to get Susan into a later scene. Susan being his ex-girlfriend. Um, so Ben then imagines Sharon doing a sexy dance against the fluorescent tube. Finally! Although Amelia Fox has a bit of, I don't know, ta- uh, power? I don't know. Tout? Clouts? She's not, she's not topless. There's a confidence that comes with it. Yeah. I can't read it as much as, as I've fancied Amelia Fox for years since um, Randall Hopkirk. But I can't see her in like that way. In my head, she's always quite sort of um, dignified. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, I can't see her as um, her name's Amelia, for goodness sake. <laughs> part of the Fox acting dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> so now Ben's gone four straight weeks without sleep. So like more than oh, double, double the dead. record. Double dead. Double dead. <laughs> and a, but he's finally stopped thinking about Susie. He's now decided to obsess about another woman in an entirely creepy different way. <laughs> 
Now he starts drawing Sharon repeatedly. Freezing time, just drawing Sharon. Her pale, mil milky skin. Her delicate frame. In her eyes, I could see the world. Fuck off! I thought about Sharon escaping the neons of the supermarket, travelling to South America, pursuing her dreams. I thought about her asking me to go with her, her love of people, my love of painting them. Yeah. So, so I, th like... I think that might have been the moment that I did the like. Oh! <laughs> you came Tarzan. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing: like he's got respect for Sharon because he just undoes her shirt a bit for one drawing, but doesn't show nipple. He likes the thrill of the chase. So again, that sort of suggests that they're aware of the degrading nature of it and he doesn't want to do... So you aren't a good person. <laughs> so, oh no, but you were kept your clothes on. They yeah. don't have a slag down the road. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Sharon has to pick her up at eight and then gives him a kiss on the lips. And, he, and Ben then sleeps through the afternoon. So I think basically what's happened is he's finally been able to crack one off. Because <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys, as I've got older and older, to do that, the main cause for doing that these days is very often as a cheap alternative to night nurse. <laughs> it was either this or herbal tea. Yeah, and I don't like hot drinks, <laughs> but hot tamales. <laughs> So yeah, Ben sleeps through all the way to the afternoon. So obviously he's meant to be over Susie, and now he's got his Again, new but this obsession. Is, this is one kiss. They're not being out for months. They've had a bit of a pet, yeah. You know, and now he's obsessed with it. It's like mm, you barely know her name. Yes. So he gets a call on the payphone, and he goes, "Take him to." It's a gallery owner who's impressed by some of his work and wants to put on a show for his latest exhibition. He asks to bring more to his gallery at Monday, and that's revealed to be. Matt making a prank call oh, with Matt, Barry. Oh, Matt, like you, card. Matt, you tosspot. I went with card. I went with the PG. Ben, version. in his utter arrogance, assumes that an exhibition owner would of just course. go to an art college. You know, oh, I'm I'm desperate to find artists. There's yeah. no way there there are no artists coming to me trying to get an exhibition. So I'll do all the scouting myself. I'll, I'll get to the local comp. I'm sure there'll be someone around. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, this guy's done sketches that you can see in every city centre by someone who does it for someone for two pounds. He needs a full exhibition! <laughs> it's, it's That's coming, the thing, he's not actually that good an artist. He's coming, perfectly fine. But the, the, the gallery's there. It's the, it's the autumn, what do we need? Tits in the supermarket. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get the exhibition. <laughs> well, no, he's not it. seen those drawings. Oh, he's okay. seen the ones. But I'm guessing he's done naked life models, you know. But then again, he wasn't doing the... Tits maybe maybe it's just the ones. So everyone prepares for the party in a montage. Nothing of interest happens, say. and it happens for a long time. It's again, it's like like the outtakes of a Clearasil advert. It goes yeah, on. Yeah, the, the <laughs> it's uh, the whole song. The getting ready montage cliche. Yeah, that we haven't seen yeah. since virtual sexuality. Yes, still maintain one of bad film. So they're all doing things like like Sharon's trying different shirts. I'm sure you're enjoying that. Yeah. Again, I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't see her as as. A yeah, being. I can't see, literally can't see her as a fancy the article, but I cannot see her as a sexual being. So Ben's Ben's like just making, she's too again, Ben's doing next to nothing of interest, but he's got the guy we're following for the whole yeah. film. Sean as a wank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the karate but, guy doesn't kung fu moves. Yeah, but they do they do the wank very artily because he holds on to some sun cream or something and it squirts out when he finishes. It's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> So Ben picks up Sharon, mentions his new gallery opportunity, and she's so happy for him, because, you know, let's just make it all about you. Obviously. Um, and what are you fucking off to South Africa? But of course, America. who's at the party? 
Michelle Ryan. Ben's ex-girlfriend. It's the one extra day they could afford to bring her in. Um, oh. A note to this. Um, they go to this manager Jenkins' party. Why is he DJing his own party? Because he's got no friends. That's the whole point why he's hiring. He spent um, 200 quid on a stripper, mate. You know, if you're a manager of a Sainsbury's, like you say, you're making 5p more than the yeah. rest of them. But he's, try, he's trying to get his... The only friends he has is his work people. That's what he's desperate to So, get yeah, it turns so out... So he would DJ his own party. Jenkins... Also, plot device. So Jenkins' brother is Steve Jenkins, who's the guy that <gasps> Michelle Ryan left him for. What? Yeah. Jenkins Two people with the same surname, how do we In a film, yeah, it's kind of inevitable. In London as well, it's a big old place. Ben meets Susie and introduces her to Sharon. Sean gets a slap in the face again, and Susie is all upset at the sight of Ben with another girl. So Sean's been proven right. All you need to do is show her a beautiful woman that likes you, and therefore you like her again. You see, guys, it's not misogyny if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh. drive and you know it. Oh. <laughs> oh, the anger in your voice there was delicious. <laughs> Look at the stats. No, not those stats. Not those stats either. Look, I'm sure there are stats somewhere. They have to have their own insurance companies. It's just not natural. <laughs> <laughs> so a banter turns up with the stripper. Oh, and I, put, I made this note. I wish I had timestamps here. I think it might be the woman, the girl that used to charge 50p for looking at their vaginas. It, it was it her. Was, and it was, was her. Girl, yeah. She doesn't dance in the schoolgirl uniform, and so it's obviously yeah. a, a him hey, back to where they do her. Let's be honest, she's done well for herself, though. She was charging 50p, 200 yeah. quid now, you know. She's so, yeah. in the world. She presents her bum to be spanked, like the bouncer makes it clear he shouldn't touch her. So, like, this bouncer's one of the few men with, like, a bit of respect for women in this whole film. Stripper dances. I'm Everyone, that. Everyone's, the everyone's <laughs> amused, including Sharon. She's the manic pixie dream girl. Yay! She finds strippers amusing and all sorts of things. We've just watched a stripper. Now we must kiss. Uh, breasts come out. She does a handstand. The hat and the sunglasses come off last. I don't think she understands the patterns that you should be doing in a strip <laughs> routine. Not that I would know Yeah, either. but she's only used to doing fanning, yeah. so, you know, it was tits are new. Spins into Sean, and Sean recognises her as Natalie. Of course the she did. 20 years difference, yeah. Well, you know, it just sends down the right path, you know. It's not 20 years difference, though. It's like 10. Yeah. Because there'll be 20 at that point. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's true, That's the problem in this film. (laughs) Ben and Sharon kiss, and Natalie decides to stay for a drink with Sean. There's a cue for the loo that Ben is at the end of. Uh, Jenkins starts sexually harassing Sharon, going in for a kiss. Asked if she wants to come up to his bedroom for popcorn and a shag. Well, they didn't have Netflix and chill. It wasn't a sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt announces Barry is going to do a stunt and Sharon notices that um, Jenkins is wearing eyeliner. Uh, Susie emerges from the bathroom. So Michelle Ryan apologises like all women should. (laughs) (laughs) Incels! You laughed at that a bit too much. I wasn't expecting... It's funny because it's true. No, I wasn't expecting this come from you. (laughs) I was expecting Tom to say that. She apologises, she should never have, she never gave him a chance to make her happy. He said, I don't think I could make you happy, that's why we should break yeah, yeah. He dumped you in this recollection from before. Yeah, but you know, he's, he's, she's seen him with a pretty girl now. Ben's so. so wise, he tells her, you can't rely on other people to make you happy. Yeah. Uh, Barry's prepping for a stunt. Sharon notices that Jenkins is in a photo in Mexico. Jenkins places a nut in her mouth. That's not metaphorical. <laughs> She spits it into him and he starts choking. Oh dear, what a pity, never mind. Susie still thinks of Ben. She goes to kiss him and Ben refuses whilst also stopping time. And at this point, 
Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love plays. That's fuck off point number 10. Yeah, don't gentlemen. drag yeah, a yeah, good song that. into I this. I think I'm probably my favourite of the Frankie songs, actually. Ben turns and sees that as he froze time, Sharon was leaving because she'd seen him kiss her, or her kiss him. Yeah. And he goes and he starts to reflect, because now the director realises, oh fuck, we've got like 10 minutes left and we need to bring some tension into this. It did speed up here quite a I lot. I really so. shouldn't have done that whole football scene. It added nothing. <laughs> You can speed it up, you can slow it down, you can even freeze it, but you can't go back in time. I thought about what she'd seen. I thought about what she hadn't seen. Nothing I said could make the anger go away. You say, she went in for a kiss and I pulled back ding, and I didn't want to do ding, it. Ding, ding, and then if she's a reasonable person, she'll take your word for it. And that's it. Again, big old breakup speech, depressed, angry. You've had one kiss and met up once. Yeah. It's not a relationship. He starts playing with her skirts. He says he sat there for two days thinking about what to do, but couldn't come up with anything. You are the least imaginative, least interesting, least observer of beauty <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Could he bring her into this frozen world, he wondered. And he remembers the guy in the hoodie that we thought might have made this an interesting film. He cracks his knuckles. He has stubble on his face at this point. And Sharon leaves. He rings the intercom at the building of her flat, but she won't answer. Someone leaves to walk his dog, and he goes into the building. You're a creep! Uh, uh, I want to know, I think the guy walking the dog was either the director, making it like a, uh, a Hitchcock-style Hitchcock, yeah. cameo, or it was just Tom Hardy off to get his jollies. Hey! Cashback callback! Fucking <laughs> reloading them! And we covered every film at this point now. Right. We haven't done Shatter. Well, like, and we never will. <laughs> Just because nothing happened in Shatter. <laughs> he walks up the flights of stairs with the camera tracking him up the stairs. Another nice little shot in a not very nice film. He rings the doorbell. She opens and it's now just like before. She starts ranting at him uh, in slow motion. Again, like Susie, one of the few words you can tell is, You fucking... Yeah. <laughs> he tries to explain that Susie was an ex and that she'd seen the wrong second of a two-second story. But, I mean, this character, it turns out to be incredibly unre um, unreasonable, like all women are, apparently, yeah, yeah. and wouldn't women. listen. She slams the door in his face, and Ben wanders aimlessly in the park. He goes back to working the night shift. Barry's now in a neck brace from the stunt going wrong. Matt's also at the counter, but there's no Sharon. 4am again, and he still can't fall asleep. Ben arrives at the Proud Galleries on that Monday to show his work. Hey. Alex Proud is there and is played by Jared Harris, so they've dragged an actually good fucking actor into this thing. Yeah, uncredited cameo though. Well, I think maybe this is before like Matt. Maybe this is genuinely he had to audition for this role. Or was it credited and he asked for it to be deleted? I think he was a friend of the director at the time. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So it did as a favour. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, a fantastic actor and like he's amazing in Mad Men and he was very good as Moriarty, I thought. You know, I didn't watch that one, but I, mm. I wasn't I was, I was, I was, I was surprised they went that way. You would have thought they would have tried to cast like a. I remember the rumour was like they were going to try and cast Brad Pitt as Moriarty or some yeah. like star of equal stature to Robert Downey Jr. But they actually went for another Guy Ritchie film. Actually, this is it. He did it as a favour, and then Guy Ritchie <laughs> remembered, <laughs> and years later, <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. So Ben realises he was the victim of a prank, but Alex says whilst he's here, why not look at his work? He looks through the sketches, asks if there's any more. Ben has hundreds of them, and will bring them by. Tells him to make a real appointment. Sharon picks up the mail. It's an invitation to an exhibition! Having your fake art deal becoming a real one. Fuck off point number 11. 
But the thing is, he's a hero and he's arty. Yeah, he's drawing. He deserves it. He deserves it. And he's just broken up with his ex, who he went had one kiss with. So that's a relationship. So it's the exhibition. Sean gets a drink thrown at him. Running gag at that point. Yeah. Ben yeah. is congratulated by Ben Shapiro. Anna Shapiro, not Ben Shapiro, an alt-right guy who probably very probably liked this film a lot. Um, <laughs> Ben's congratulated by Anna Shapiro, who has a gallery in New York and is interested in his next show. You deserve none of this! <laughs> You're a mediocre hack. Uh, but again... It's just tits supermarkets. She asks <laughs> no, what... The she asks what aren't good. Tits, in, good. A, tits in a supermarket. That's, like, well, that's what Ian McShane would have called the exhibition. <laughs> it's just tits in a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not good pictures. You know? They're really not. Like I said, they're just... Any person who's alright at sketching people yeah, yeah. can do this. And I have to say, if he had lots of talent surely while well, is at uni they would have picked up on it yeah yeah not not just instead they just keep Frankfurt. telling him stop drawing female pe- female <laughs> students female parts yes <laughs> uh, so she Not gives him his business part, card yeah. whilst he yeah. says upon the seeing Sharon entering the exhibition that he'd like to paint in a South America Sharon is stunned by all these paintings of her. Read Creep the fuck yeah. out. Uh, 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 <laughs> Including uh, uh. ones with her shirt unbuttoned that she's never posed for. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She walks into this exhibition, she's full of pictures of her where she's next, wearing next to nothing, she didn't pose for them, he's drawn out and she finds it charming. Can we have that a... is double fuck off point. But like, look, look, look at this, um... like, though. look at Ben's reached his great dreams and aspirations, he's got an exhibition, a New York art yeah, yeah, dealer yeah. wants to work with her, and she's got her dreams all met as well. She's working at a travel agent. That's alright then, hey, you know, little job for her. For a little job <laughs> for a little po- lady. Before she pops out the kids. Be Good fine, for yeah. you, give her a pat No, no, well done, well, well done you, done well done you. you. So I'm going, See, to Mar- I'm going to New York, right? <laughs> I'm a good guy, yeah. I congratulate well, women well on their achievements you. as yeah. well. I mean, Maybe. can we have a role play of what would actually happen with that? How did you draw this? Oh, I drew them from just mem- just from my thoughts of you. Oh, okay, I'll buy that. No, the, the, <laughs> the initial one is um, post country letterbox. What's this? Right, have a look at it. Oh, it's an exhibition for that dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Job so done. Job ben <laughs> apologises for what she saw. I learned that it's what you do with every single second that counts because it was one second of a two second story. Ah. This tells me so much more than you could ever say, says Sharon when she looks at the paintings. Yeah, it really oh, fucking yeah. does. Yeah. It's snowing outside. Of course it is. Ben asks if she trusts him. She says why. He says he needs to know. Again, she just, you're a creepy man. She doesn't say yes. You're manipulating her. <laughs> yeah. Ben kisses Sharon and time stops. She opens her eyes and is frozen in time with him. They walk outside hand in hand in the snow. And the, but at this point she realises, wait, you can freeze time? Did you draw? You unbutton my... <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fucking pervert! Oh my god, I'm stuck with a creep in a frozen moment in time and I can't escape! Yeah, this... That's the film that should be made! <laughs> it's actually and then she's saved by the guy in the hoodie! Yes! The narrative changes! The, pa- the, the, the guy in the hoodie's been actually following him around, trying to stop him from all this <laughs> <laughs> He's like the policeman of this world. Look, guys, we've heard that someone's manipulating this in a very bad way. Um, so, yeah, these are the final lines that he said. Once upon a time, I wanted to know what love was. Love is there if you want it to be. You just have to see that it's wrapped in beauty and hidden away between the seconds of your life. If you don't stop for a minute, you might miss it. All right, Ferris Bueller, you dick. Done. They kiss. <laughs> this is my final note. They kiss. The camera pans up, but unfortunately not to the hoodie dude wanking. <laughs> <laughs> and that... 
was oh, Cash Bash. Jesus Christ. The, uh, genuinely, this is amongst the worst films. I know you said you don't mind it, but this I, is this what, is this yeah. is amongst I the worst. I utterly hated this. I despised every part of this, uh, I, except I, maybe some of the creative camera work. But I would say this wasn't the worst one we've seen. But in terms of like morality, it's it's fucking beneath. Part of this, maybe I reacted so violently towards this because I could recognise this, as you can see from as you'll see in an extra feature in this <laughs> that might not be in this episode. But there's definitely some that I could see myself thinking some of Ben's thoughts at one point We're in my life. We're seventeen once. Yeah, this guy was. In but his like I said, this 30s. guy was in his thirties when yeah. he was writing it. Like Michael Winner knows he's a sleazy scumbag and he just embraces yeah. it. Yeah, the yeah, omnibuses yeah. guys know that they're sleazy scumbags and they embrace it. This guy thinks he's a beautiful artist who's appreciating something that mere normies can't. That he's a step above. You know, it's like that great line about George W. Bush that he was a man that was born on third base and thought he hit a treble. The, the main hero at the end, he just gets an exhibition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just—it's yeah. the worst. I can't understand that people like. Well, he's, maybe the time and place I would have liked it, but, but he's not a likable character. No, anyway. like if he was, he's not an interesting character. The no. actor doesn't play him. But even if it was—if it was a better actor with more charisma or played it better, you might be more inclined to. Um, Okay, but it, it, like he plays it terribly. It's completely deadpan and monotone. It goes all um, the story and the plot and the pacing's all over the place. There's no, like I said, there is no story. But like, but like, and, and they try and tack it, it on at the end. Know, it doesn't know what it wants to be. But even if it's like a, a mildly funny supermarket, you know, film about <laughs> clerks in Britain, you know, like a really crap version of what you do in in uh, shops, or it's art wank, or it's just. Um, or sex crimes, essentially. It's, mor- <laughs> you know? it's morally repugnant. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. morally repugnant There's, there's nothing moral, moral right with it. I think the biggest issue you've got is it, this This was a short film that had, like, two bookends tacked on either end. Well, the so, bookend sexual harassment. <laughs> pretty much. It's just like... Can it, he freeze time in the shorts? I think so, but then it's... I think the short is all... I guess I haven't physically watched it myself. The short is all set within the supermarket. Mm. So all the additional scenes of explaining... Like the breakup and like what happens after that, that's just been tacked on. I would use the phrase sellotaped on to the original reel. And it just feels like it feels like someone's thrown a film in the middle of something else because he had to add in like comedy elements. It feels like it's been a couple of people have done it. You do this bit, I'll do that bit. Yeah. It's a hodgepodge of ideas yeah, yeah. That, that will come together to make, and he, and he extends it beyond ninety minutes. He can't even he can't even discipline himself to make it yeah. like an eight. If he came from a short, surely you know discipline. But maybe the short should have been like twelve minutes. Because you can, I've seen a few short films, and I'm still looking at my watch, going, "This should be shorter." <laughs> yeah, there's emphasis in the short in the short film. So let's say something nice about it. I'll go. I really liked how it, a lot of it was shot very nicely. There was some really nice cinematography. Um, yes, what I described earlier as art because I don't understand it. So just art shots, good. Yeah. Art shots, good. good. Yes, Mike like Mike Mike like that. And there was a couple of bit at the start. Like, in twenty, I didn't mind all that much because I thought it was going to explore depression and insomnia quite a bit. Mm. They, they fucked that off and just tits in the supermarket. But it didn't seem to respect what insomnia was, like you're saying. Yeah. He's actually literally been awake for four weeks. Yeah, no. no. It, so, yeah, so I thought he was going to look into that a bit more, and it didn't. So, um, opening 20, okay with after that. Ah. Tom? I guess the idea of freezing time but other people being able to move within it 
is a good concept, but it's not explored that was, anywhere. That was 15 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. It's not explored in anywhere enough detail. To do, you think, do you think that they present frozen time well? Beyond the just it's, using it to take women's clothes off. I would argue that a better example of frozen time is Bernard's Watch. Mm. Like it, it deals with the sort of morality better than just a guy going around undressing women and drawing them. If I had to say something nice, I think that Amelia Fox at least carries dignity Why throughout. Did she, she never get this. She had money back need, then. People need work. People when did she get work. Silent Witness? We had this discussion on the WhatsApp. Oh, oh that's so What Silent WhatsApp? Was Silent WhatsApp? Silent Witness? Was that money coming in? Oh, I think he was about fourteen years ago. I wonder if she was in the short. Sometimes people do shorts as like oh, a favour. She's a friend. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, she might have just been a mate. Yeah. Uh, but she had a decent old career in two thousand and six. Two thousand and six. So she's. Well, she'd done Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Yeah, that was like 2000. Yeah, she yeah. played Jane Seymour in Henry VIII. I think that was the... I'm, I'm Henry VIII. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Winston. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, Henry VIII, I am. Cockney King, Cockney King. <laughs> For her defence, let's just say she uh, paid well and she was moving house. That's the reason she did it. Yeah, like, the actors <laughs> need work. Although yeah. she did a lot in 2006, actually. But also, like... I think a lot of actors do... Well, she was doing shorts as well. And, like, actors just want to work. And yeah. there's, a, there's a scarcity of opportunities. Like, you know, you just have to go up to the Edinburgh Fringe True. and see loads of good actors having to do these little plays that, you know, you think you're good enough to get roles in other stuff. And there's just not enough... There are more good actors than there are good roles. And right. Amelia, Fo- yeah. Amelia Fox having to be in this crap kind of proves it. But you're right there. She did give it some sort of... She had dig- she carried herself yeah, with yeah, dignity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was just she was given next to nothing. She wasn't a manic pixie dream girl in Safari. She wasn't given she all these. Very, very in, in, a way, been. in a way it might have been even I don't know if it's worse or not, because they didn't really give her any personality or any ambition. Mm. But they didn't also make her go blah 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 or whatever, you know? It's definitely of that school of it, it's definitely of that school of garden state and just, you know, sensitive white dudes in their late 20s getting their chance to direct something and thinking they're, they're this unique persona and they're really not. <laughs> and maybe we're finally reaching our tether with that because there was one that came out this year called The Only Living Boy in New York and it looked truly awful. There are some alright ones within that genre like 500 Days of Summer I think sometimes gets shat on a bit oh, too much unfairly. I think that's quite critical of the concept in itself like he is in the wrong in many ways and that is reflected in it yeah it doesn't help that there's Zoe Deschanel's in it and she's like seen as the embodiment of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl although like it was actually that fact that made the guy who invented the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl kind of turn on it and say that it's been misused because he said the whole point about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is that they're fictional Zoe Deschanel is not fictional therefore she (laughs) cannot be a Manic Pixie Dream Girl can we make something good out of it? I think we've come up with quite a few along the way. Like, the idea of a thriller within a frozen second of time, that's almost something like Christopher Nolan would make, Yeah, that, it, that, that is a very awesome and high concept, which he just completely wastes. And, the, like, like, it's a power that she has and that he's manipulating, and so he can freeze time and he can restart it, and she suffers from that. And so he can chase her, and then when it's a moment that's in his advantage and he can stop time and she's still... Like, she can move. That's not... No, let's make that. (laughs) Let's make a sequel. Let's hire that lad to be the villain and make it an unofficial (laughs) sequel to Cashback. 
Yeah. I'm making a musical. We make all of these musicals. <laughs> <laughs> you do that or you make a quirky little comedy about working night shifts in the supermarket. Yeah, like a yeah. knockabout comedy I would have gone with. Yeah. So he focuses more on like um, Barry got... and Matthew being sort of yeah, and, idiots. And you got the filthy deliver, deliver man coming in you know, the back and stuff and doing the stock takes. There, there's something there. Almost, like, like, a, a almost like a version of waiting in a supermarket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's been made. I'm sure there's like... Oh, God. But that's what you did. It wasn't... It was... It didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! I'll let Tom take it away because this was a fantastic suggestion that I still have not seen. So, if you're not going to watch um, Cash Rack, which you shouldn't because it's pretentious, Mike, uh, if you want to watch a film about a British artist and his struggles in life, uh, I very much advise people to watch the film Mr. Turner. Starring the incredible, incredible Timothy Spall, uh, taking on the uh, the role of Turner and. Did he get nominated for an Oscar for that? Uh, I don't know if it was an Oscar. He definitely nominated for the BAFTA. Oh yeah, that was just a given, really. Yeah, yeah. He, but basically, he's, he he just walks away with the film. He's probably my own. biggest guilty uh, sin as a as a cinema lover, and as a British citizen, I've never seen a Mike Lee film. I know. I really need to sort that out. I think I'll try and do a Mike Leeathon. In, in the next few years or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against it. I just haven't seen him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't recall there being any sort of stoppage of time elements in that film, but it's significantly better if you want to watch a film about someone who can't actually paint. And also portrays him as a bit of a dick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> as yeah. most artists are. As unknowingly proven by cashback. Yeah. Everyone is flawed. And that's the lesson we take away from this. Oh, I thought you were going to go into a uh, pretentious poem there. Everyone is flawed. Well, let me just get my book out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is flawed, even when we're smashing through the glass ceiling. So, um, uh, this is going to take you a bit behind the scenes here, because I will hopefully have brought this down to less than an hour 30, hopefully even less than that. But at the moment of recording, I'm looking at the times, and we are two hours 35 minutes Whoa. into this. That's the, longest, fair, that's the longest we've done. We've made it quite a few segues. I can be very, very... Well, that's what we've done. That is what we've done. But we are also going not... to include uh, an extra feature. I don't know whether I'll put it on after this episode, or if I'll put it on after our series is over in two more episodes. Um, so you'll get to hear our discussions about various things, such as uh, our experiences within the retail industry, uh, maybe some ideas for a game show... And favorite crisps. Fa- favorite crisps. Favorite crisps. Favorite crisps. And also some teenage, not even teenage, like early twenties uh, poetry readings that you will get oh, to. I so would, keep. I, I hope they stay in the edit. So keep an eye out for the. Keep an ear out and an eye out for those. You can keep an eye out for it by following us on our Twitter account, which is Boobpod. That's B O W O B P O D. You can send us an email at Boobpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can like us on our Facebook page, and you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagrams, Facebooks, all those other things. I'm Lorcan Mullen, that's L O R C A N M U W L A for Apple N for November. You can follow me either on the streets or I am <laughs> like, at Michael Bell 86. If you're if you're a beautiful artist that appreciates <laughs> I mean, But if you're gonna follow me on the street, don't freeze time and get my you know trousers off because I need a bit of time to, you know, a bit of you know, a bit of upkeep. Yeah, just chuck in 20 you know. quid first. If you're going to do a picture of it, just I need a fluff. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Can you fluff someone in Frozen in Time? Now there's a film. Mm. <laughs> the Frozen Fluffer. <laughs> she was just a girl trying to make it in this world. <laughs> he works in... Admin. Admin. <laughs> and if you want to find me on the Twitters, Facebook, Instagrams, I'm at Tom Hodkinson. Uh, Tom's got T-H-O-M because... 
I apparently I'm more pretentious than this film. <laughs> um, also, you can find me and Michael on our double act, the Kamikaze Club. Again, Twitter, Facebook. Oh yeah, we, in- we we do things at night time. And now freshly on Instagram. Ooh. And that's at the Kamikaze. <laughs> that's the response the 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 world will make as well. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, dear listener. Oh. And I think we're going to um, finish this with a, a yeah, well, bonus title. Well, that's what I was going to say. So we just spent this past episode making fun of a bunch of people that actually went out and made a film and tried to do something artistic, whether they succeeded or not. You can admire the effort. I, on the other hand, have written words such as these. I will fight your institution, won't descend to prostitution, you're the evil prosecution, I'm terrorised persecution. Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs>